From an outside perspective, restaurants are the perfect getaway. Great food, inviting atmosphere, comforting environment. It's an all-around fantastic time for friends and family alike. Though it can be beautiful and enriching from the inside perspective as a guest, one doesn't see the hardships and stressors of creating a wonderful experience. Every restaurateur goes through struggles and challenges that can make or break them. This podcast aims to explore that. Pulling back the curtain and understanding what it's truly like to run these establishments as told by those who do it. I'm Justin Warner and you're listening to Resto Talk, a podcast brought to you by Touch Bistro. Who are you? What do you do? And what are you doing here? Well, I own Sandala Restaurant. Maya is my daughter and she manages the restaurant together with me. We own a restaurant on the Oregon coast. It's a beachfront restaurant with 150 feet of open ocean, a beautiful patio, and a 100-seat restaurant indoors. Wow. Sounds like that's a lot. So is this a tourist attraction? Yes. Uh, We are in a small tourist town called Rockaway Beach on the Oregon coast. The business is mostly seasonal meaning we are busy starting with spring break and until the end of October and kind of slow November, December, January, and February. Got it. So that's kind of a double-edged sword, right? You know, making bank in one season and then just kind of coasting on the other. It it requires a lot of uh, balance, right? Yes, Yes, it does. (laughs) So uh, how do you how do you accommodate this? Because my restaurant is in a kind of a similar situation in that I am in a tourist town right next to Mount Rushmore. And, you know, summers are incredibly intense. And it's an entirely different demographic of people that are, are coming in. And oftentimes we think we'll maybe lose a regular, but it's just because they don't want to compete with the tourists. So how do you balance all of this? So during the summer, we make money. Then we put some money on the side to last us through the winter. I see, I see. And I mean, do you get locals during the winter? Yes. During the winter, we have more locals than tourists. During the summer, we hardly ever see the locals Mm -hmm. because it's crazy busy. I see. And so what does staffing look like now and then in general? Well, I was lucky that I was able to keep our core staff during the pandemic. And then uh, in summer, we hire a lot of students who are on summer break and come and help us. We have students that come join us every summer. Oh, so that's nice that you have this kind of rotating thing. Do you see any repeat, uh, like people coming back season after season? Yes, (laughs) we we have several uh, college students that work with us every single summer. Mm -hmm. Three, four, five summers. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So that must be a testament to the money that can be made and also the environment that you have created. How do you describe the fare and the food at Sand Dollar? Well, we say we we have traditional American uh, cuisine with fine European twist. I am, my background is Romania. I am Serbian by nationality, which means I'm coming from the western part of Romania where a multitude of national cuisines is present, Hungarian, Romanian, Serbian, Bulgarian, and there are a lot of Balkan influences in 
in what we do yeah. here every day. I see. Well, that sounds delicious and it sounds exciting. How, how do your customers react to that? You know, I, I'm reading the sheet here on your restaurant and you're the only beachfront restaurant. So, you know, given that they have no option, you know, you could kind of phone this in, but it seems clear that you don't. So, so what is the average customer reaction like? What do they say? Well, they, they like that we have different foods than everywhere else. It has flavors that are a little different, even though our burger is still a burger, but it's always a surprise when you take a bite and seasoned with paprika <laughs> and have the traditional seasonings like paprika. We have our proprietary house seasoning and also seafood seasoning. And everything that we do in-house is seasoned with one of those two seasonings that is kind a special recipe. That little magic helps. dust. Yeah, it kind of ties in like the flavors of all of the dishes that we have. Like our fries are seasoned with the house seasoning as well. So it's got a mix of like salt and pepper and paprika and a couple of other things. And people will initially be very tentative to try it because it's, you know, red and it's got a lot of color and they'll be like, oh, this is spicy. But we've kind of coached our staff to let people know that it's not a spicy chili. It's sweet and savory. So we have a lot of people who, you know, keep coming back because of the seasonings, because it's so good and they just can't get it anywhere else. So not only do we have the view that's an awesome attraction here, but we try to make our food unique, but not so unique that it's unapproachable. Got it. So it sounds like, you know, you've had no problem with staffing, but across America and certainly where I am, and, and I don't know if this is true all over North America, but it's staffing is really, really rough right now. Going into your busy season, do you anticipate any, any problems with staffing? Uh, currently, we are staffed better than we have been in the past two years. Yeah. I still have two openings for the kitchen and uh, two openings, two openings for, the for the front house. But we are kind of managing the hours and the days. Currently, we are closed every Tuesday because we don't have coverage for seven days. We were open not too long ago, only five days a week. So we were able to add the sixth day in March. And we are hoping to get to the point where we can add the seventh day and run every day. Got it. So let's talk about another hot button issue right now. And that is kind of all lumped into one supply chain, inflation, and the cost of goods uh, <laughs> just being like an absolute roller coaster. <laughs> cost of goods is a very big challenge. Yeah. Because so far, supply-wise, we were able to get everything we need and we use. However, the cost is a different story. We have to pretty much watch every single day, every single invoice, and adjust pricing accordingly. We are able to print the menus in the house, so it is what it is. It's a little more work for us. Mm -hmm. Hands on deck and watch every single penny is what is getting us through. Yeah. Being, you know, family owned, operated, 
my mom and I talk about things on our drives to and from work all the time. And, you know, if changes need to be made right away, we have, you know, an open POS that we use that we can adjust anything on the spot. There's nobody that we have to call to get that done for us. We're both capable of doing it on our own. And we have a template that we use for our menus that we've had created. And it's pretty much interchangeable with anything that we need to do. So we just update and adjust and we've done it. I think, especially in the last two years, I mean, there's been times where we've adjusted our menu pricing almost every other month. And how do your regulars react to that? Do they understand? Because I think a lot of people that don't work in restaurants don't get that the price of one thing of the hundreds of things that you might buy can go up in price and down in price and up in price and down in price practically week to week. We've had a lot of understanding and we've had a lot of pushback. And we just try not to get too upset about it because at the end of the day, we know that if anybody goes anywhere else, they're going to run into the same situation at other restaurants as well because anybody that's staying operational and trying to maintain their business and, and make money is doing what we're doing too. Right. How do you feel about tourists? I mean, tourists aren't exactly like, you know, they might be your bread and butter in summer, but sometimes other than financially, they can be a challenge, you know, Um, because you have a vision of what a great experience in your restaurant is. And tourists sometimes are just there for calories, you know, so or, or, or they just don't get it because they're not accustomed to it or, you know, traveling and making a trip. You're trying to have the best time possible. And sometimes I think people get so stressed out about having the best time possible that they get stressed out and then they don't have a good time. So what sort of psychology do you use to uh, understand and meet the tourists where they are? Well, we try to stay positive, upbeat. One of the things that my mom always preached, she's actually like super friendly. And I think I'm the less calm one in the situation. But she, she did a lot of customer service for vacation rental agencies previously before we opened the restaurant. So we were kind of well-versed in dealing with folks who are not at home and who have other stressors. But I also know this from, you know, having been a bartender server for a really long time. Sometimes people just don't want to make a decision. So kind of the way that I coach my front-end staff is just to get them comfortable with making recommendations and really telling people, hey, I know what you need. Like right now, take my word for it. You'll be happy. And sometimes I think just people really just want to just be treated and they're on vacation. They don't want to think. They're stressed out about, you know, their five-year-old having a meltdown or us not having chicken strips or whatever. So you got to find kind of creative ways that are positive to, to mitigate that issue for them. So I I always tell people like, yes, I know it sounds like we have to be mind readers in this business, but I think to an extent, you really have to try to embody that a little bit. Obviously we can't read their minds, but we know our menu, we know what we're good at. So we have to be confident in being able to make that suggestion. Yeah, I I totally get that. Um, I always look at my restaurant as like a a video game or something where every... (laughs) Yeah, there there are only so many things that can possibly happen, and like so many variables. And, you know, some happen with greater frequency than others. For example, my whole staff, we can, 
like hear a chopstick fall on the ground or fall on the floor. And just based on the sound it makes, we know which table it came from. Like, absolutely, absolutely. I totally know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, there are those things that when you're observant in a restaurant, like you just know that they're going to happen before they happen, or you develop some sort of like weird sixth sense uh, for, you know, yeah. for navigating it. And yes. uh, I think that's a, such a great sign. And if you can do that as a leader and teach that to others, you yeah. know, you're, you're really going above and beyond. You know, it's one thing to me to just, you know, do the job, bring the food, take the order. The other, the next thing, like the next level is when you're ahead of it. You've played this game so much that, you know, you're beyond autopilot. You're like in the zone, in the flow state. And I love that feeling. It's great. And it, for me, like, I really love being able to, to teach people how to do that. And I love doing it myself because even when people are not having the greatest experience, I often find that I'm able to connect with them on some level anyway. And I think that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of customers are looking for, like, I don't know how to describe it, like somewhere between a counselor and a chauffeur. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes in my life, I've honestly, you know, we've all vented, I think, in a taxi cab once in our life, you know, just force this person to listen, you know, and if you can do that with a smile and graciousness, I think that you definitely have a leg up over the other sort of more autonomous operations. So you kind of touched on this, but what got you into the business? Did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I, we need a beachfront restaurant or was it the, a slow burn? How, how did this happen for both of you? It was very accidental. Yeah, I was working for vacation rental company and one of the homeowners whose homes I managed purchased the, this facility. It was an old building that was closed for six years because the owners went into bankruptcy and the bank repossessed the building and it stayed vacant for six years. Former bar on the coast that was functioning at some point in time. And he came and said, do you want to see the restaurant? Because he knows that I'm interested in real estate. So I said, definitely. And when we came here, he said, you know, I want you to make a restaurant here because you're from Romania and Romanians are good cooks. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> brushed that off and went home and told to my husband about what this gentleman had suggested. And my husband said, well, if our children want to join us, we can make it happen. <laughs> Maya was in California at that time, going to college and working as a waitress. My son, Dan, he was managing an Irish pub in Seattle area, in Washington. And we asked them if they are interested to move to the coast and <laughs> try a new experience with us. They both committed to it, and that's how it happened. We signed the lease in December and opened uh, December of 2013, and opened March 12th of 2014. Wow, that's fast. Yeah. Fast. With a major <laughs> remodel with major electricity work, major plumbing work, mm -hmm. 
all kitchen equipment purchased, all flooring redone, all bar redone. <laughs> wow, incredible. I had, you know, I have to ask this question because working in a restaurant can be uh, chaotic, it can be stressful, but it can also be blissful. What's it like working with family? You guys have a good professional and personal relationship or does it hit the fan now and then? Uh, we do get along very well. We learn from each other. <laughs> we share our thoughts and we are good friends mm -hmm. <laughs> besides the fact that we are a family. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had any real hit the fan moments. I think maybe a couple of times in the very early days where it was just overwhelming. I think I remember one time just almost fainting, like the patio all of a sudden like extended the size of like two football fields. And I was thinking, how in the world am I going to manage all this? It just seemed so much. And then, you know, I told my mom about it and she's like, yeah, I know it's a lot. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. And so I was kind of For by the myself. First couple here. Of years, <laughs> I was working both jobs, both oh. uh, managing the vacation rentals and at the restaurant yeah. so it was yeah it was it was a lot but we i don't i don't there's never been any situation where anything has happened where we couldn't talk about what was going on and i think that's just been like the biggest key also us just maintaining like a very like a very open and honest relationship like on a personal level i think at one point when i moved here i told my mom that I don't want anything more in the world. Like I want to have a close relationship with my family and not be distant on a personal level. So yeah, we're best friends and we're work partners and mother, mother, daughter. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys have it figured out. Speaking of figuring things out, you know, life is very different now than it was eight years ago. Life is very, very different. How do you... How do you stay current, both, you know, physically, digitally, you know, like eight years ago, you know, I, I don't know of a ton of restaurants that like did Instagram or had PR or, or you know, all of the various things that are necessities. And it sounds like since you're one of the, the only options in this area, you might not even have to keep as current as, say, a, a place where there is, you know, less of a destination or, you know, is another like, you know, downtown mom and pop shop where, you know, kind of you're competing a lot more. So my, my big question is, how do you stay relevant in all aspects? Well, we learn. Uh, we we advertise us, in the community. Both radio, of us uh, manage both the Facebook and the Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always looking for new ways to make our work easier, meaning equipment new, or new POS mm -hmm. system or whatever. That's how we got to Touch Bistro. And finally, we found something that works for us and it's easy to manage and it's easy to communicate. We learn every day. Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's the key to everything we are doing, mm -hmm. learning. Also, in a small community like this, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, my mom, Emma, is really good at is she is really good at kind of like reaching out to the community. You know, she's been part of like the Chamber of Commerce here in Rockaway Beach. And then we're also in super close contact with, you know, Ch uh, Tillamook Chamber. And they offer advertising opportunities for local businesses. You know, just the other week we got suggestions. I got some suggestions on how to hashtag things to gain more interest. So 
just be open-minded. People will come to you with all kinds of different ideas. And I think the most important thing is, is never brush anything off. I mean, we have notepads everywhere of things scribbled on pieces of paper that we just keep that are either guest suggestions or ideas we've had or whatever. And it's like always a work in progress. Something comes out of all of the notes that we take. (laughs) Yeah, I totally identify. And I I think running a restaurant, the minute you stop learning is the moment it starts to fail because you can always like back to that video game analogy, you know, Mm -hmm. you can always get a higher score. You know, you can always go harder, better, faster, stronger, more accurate more polite, more kind, et cetera. You know, the perfection in a restaurant is almost uh, impossible, you know, yeah. to, to achieve. <laughs> but, but that's the goal. You know, the goal is, is just a, a no hitter, a, a clean, clean run. You know, it's, it's that ever elusive, unattainable thing. We actually, at my ramen shop, we have a, a whiteboard where we have high score written on it. And the high score is the amount of ramens we sold in a day. Yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, my and my team loves it. They, my team loves it. They they always say like, chef, chef, chef. We might put some numbers on the board tonight. <laughs> I'm like, cool, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I I'd love it if that happens. But yeah, that's it's cool that you are so receptive to your guests and to the world around you because I think you know there's like a sense of ego that that goes with running or operating or being the boss of anything. And I'm not detecting that you guys have a ton of it. No. <laughs> We are trying to listen to everybody and we know that our food is good. No matter what we cook here in the restaurant, tastes good, looks good. Mm -hmm. It's fabulous, fresh and locally sourced. However, uh, we need to hear from the customers what they want. When they ask for more seafood, we provide them more seafood. When they ask for a steak, we put a steak on special. We run a lot of specials based on suggestions from the community or requests from the community. Mm -hmm. And we have within the 40 miles radius, we have locals who come to dine with us because they know that they will always get a good Meal. meal, a good service and a good drink to go with it. I love that. Well, you guys make it look relatively easy and you have such a, a chipper attitude about the whole operation. What advice would you give to someone who's flirting with the idea as you flirted many years ago? Well, start with a good bank account. <laughs> yeah, it drains quick. <laughs> uh, and follow your dream. Yeah. But definitely start with a good bank account. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Start with a good bank account. And also, the other thing that you did is you called me and Dan. Yes. Find people that know <laughs> what you want to know do. The business. <laughs> Find people you can depend on. Mm-hmm. And create a team before starting. One person can't do anything. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Resto Talk, a podcast brought to you by Touch Bistro. I'm Justin Warner. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we will catch you on the next one. Sand Dollar Restaurant and Lounge is located at 210 South 1st Street in Rockaway Beach, Oregon. Visit www.sanddollarrestaurant.com for more details.